Here's what's coming up on today's show. Regardless of the variables tested, the results were consistent. That is that we have a natural bias for improvement. Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for your retirement elevated. Hey, it's another edition of Your Retirement Elevated. Walter Storholt here with Scott Dugan, co-founder, managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group. We've got a great podcast on the way today. We're going to be talking about how things could always be better. Human progress, value, improvement, happiness, all sorts of interesting things in our therapy session today with Scott Dugan. It's going to be a good one. What's up, Scott? How are you? It, it dime store therapy today. That's what, that's what we're definitely going to do. Hey, therapy's so, therapy. That's great. I, love uh, I did not stay at Holiday Inn Express. I am not a therapist or psychologist, <laughs> but I'm very interested in the human mind and how it works. So I threw this in here today and I thought, you know, Walter, I can have a great discussion and I hope people find value in what we're going to talk about today. Well, we've talked about this on episodes in the past where a lot of people's financial problems, issues, and mistakes can really be traced back to probably some of the I don't know, more in-depth, more higher-level sort of mental conversations. You know, it's like emotions getting in the way or just incorrect assumptions or thinking about things can often get us on the wrong path with our finances in some simple ways, but then also in some grand ways. And so sometimes it's great to take this step back and, and approach things from a different angle and not just the, the numbers and the dollars and cents, um, but really kind of think about what goes into the thinking about our money and our finances. So I like it when we're able to kind of take this little uh, different type of view. And this is going to dovetail into one of the discussions we've had many, many times is really that question of, well, how have we made decisions, especially financial decisions in the past? What framework process or set of questions do we use to make those decisions? And is that a sound decision-making process? And so we, we really need to get to the root of how are we making decisions or is that a good situation, a good process? And if it's not, then how do we fix it? Because we want to fix that process before we move forward to make additional decisions. I thought we'd start out today with just a quick thought experiment. Okay. And I want everyone to, and this is a little difficult because you're, obviously we're listening, so I'm going to have some timing here, but I want to I want you to consider the following questions. Okay. And I'm going to give you four. All right. So just think about these in your head. Uh, so number one, how could your fitness routine or diet be different? So how could your fitness routine okay. or diet be different? So absorb that. Think about it. Yep. Yep. I'll, I'll stall for a second. Play there, a little music. little elevator music. Yeah. So number two. And number two, how could your finances be different? So again, how okay. could your finances be different? So fitness and diet different, finances different, okay. Number three, how could your retirement be different? Okay. Again, how could your retirement be different? Okay, more music. Do, 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 do. Okay. And number four, how could our government be different? Ooh, That'll get people riled up. That's a loaded question. Yeah. yeah. So, so again, number four, how could our government be different? Mm. All right. So all of those things really, the first three very personal, and then the third one kind of a broader context. Yes. Okay. So it's fitness and diet, your finances, your retirement and government. How could they all be different? 
So again, before moving on, we want to take a moment to consider your answers to at least one of those questions in brief detail. So what I want you to do, push pause, think about one of those four questions and think about your answer, which, you know, how could those things be different? All right. And we'll be right back. And we're here. Hopefully you followed direction. Yeah. And you paused and thought about that. Congratulations on hitting pause and unpause if you did it. There you go. And if you didn't, well. Maybe, uh, maybe they're just quick time. thinkers if they didn't. They it were like, be, I don't need to hit pause. Absolutely. We have a lot of bright individuals absolutely. listening to the podcast. Because so, obviously they listen to the podcast, so that, that's the first indicator. You, you give them too much credit, Scott. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, Walter, here's what's interesting. According to a very fascinating study, if you're like 90% of people – you answered these questions exclusively with ways in which those things might be improved. Mm, yes. I was answering them in my head as we were going through each one of them. I would say, mm -hmm. yeah, I eat less cookies, uh, exercise one extra day per week from what I'm currently doing. Finances, that was an easy one, like stop eating out as much to save money. Uh, how could my job be different? Um you know, be more efficient during uh, during the day. Uh, how could the government be different? More transparent. Those were some of like the initial things that came to my mind. All improvements. You're right. Yeah. And so, the, how it could be different? Now, if you revisit the questions, you'll notice that I did not ask how they could be improved. I asked how they could be different. Oh. So we yeah, didn't we didn't get the answers wrong here, but we did go one direction. Yeah, so it, based on this study, it's probable that you focus solely on improvement. And it's interesting, in our hyper-negative world, I think we can all agree that it's surprising. The researchers noted, we thought people would naturally imagine how some things could be better and other things could be worse. Yeah. Instead, they imagined how everything could be better. Hmm. And yeah, it was with, just with, a few with such a cynical society. You're right. You would think people would, uh, but would maybe go a little bit more to the negative direction there. Sure. And it was, and it wasn't just a few people, literally 90% of the participants huh. imagined how things could be better on average. So in psychology, that's pretty much, that pretty much never happens. Right. right? So very, very unique. Yeah. And actually the researchers were so surprised that it led them to conduct eight different studies to see if the results would be would vary based on changing the question's subject or structure, the participants' demographics, their language, and other variables. And regardless of the variables tested, the results were consistent. That is that we have a natural bias for improvement. Hey, quick time out from today's episode. You know, it's it's tax season. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to that tax deadline. And so more and more people have tax questions, Scott. And so it's a perfect time to tell people about Elevated Tax Group. And it seems like this year in particular, based on what you were telling me before we recorded, people really need some tax advice this year is what you guys are finding. We are definitely, uh, definitely finding that. And we are. We're very excited to offer this new service to all of our clients uh, it's something that we've talked about a lot, and it wasn't until we found the right person um, to, to bring in with Pratik as our CPA, a very bright individual, great energy, and just someone that has really become part of the team, part of the family here at Elevator Retirement Group. But the Elevated Tax is just a, a sister company to us. That's who does our tax preparation. We've launched this early 
at the end of last year at our fall festival. We've done a few webinars and talked about it, and we've had unbelievable response. I mean, we have people every day coming in to meet with Pratik, dropping off documents. It was funny. I saw him walk by the other day. I'm like, it looks like you, you went shopping there. He had, had a paper bag, but it was full <laughs> of tax documents. Nice. Uh, but I can tell you, after looking at several clients' tax returns, because our process, when you come in, we want to look at the last two years of returns just to get a good good feel for what's been going on. And it's amazing what Pratik has found uh, as far as mistakes and things that we're probably going to go back and amend and get some people some money back. It's a, a fairly big number. I was really surprised because I sit down with him every day and kind of give a briefing. It's like, well, I, this is what I found, and this is probably what we can save the client. So I think everyone's been very excited. I know that sounds funny about tax preparation, but very excited about the process we're going through adding that additional service under one umbrella, one place you come to uh, for your financial plan, uh, get your tax preparation done at a very, uh, very reasonable cost. And again, depending on your situation, but I would encourage you um, if you're to the point where you don't want to do your taxes or you're looking for a different opinion, or maybe someone that has a little more time to sit down and, and go through things with you, uh, really encourage you to give us a call, set up a time to talk to Pratik uh, and see if what we do in our process is right for you. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. All right. It's the Elevated Tax Group. Great opportunity, especially this year with what they're finding to save money and uh, make sure that you're doing everything right from a tax perspective. Set up a free consultation with Pratik by calling the office and you can get set up to visit. 913-393-4724 is the number. 913-393-4724. Great to hear about that, Scott. Thanks for filling us in on some details there. Uh, Take action now before tax day arrives. Again, call 913-393-4724. 4724. All right, let's get back to today's episode. A natural bias for improvement. Okay, so despite all of that negativity out there, we're naturally kind of inclined to want to improve in our in our lives and even to see with the government questions, see things around us improve. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And in the eyes of this study, this bias seems to offer insight into why it's so hard for people to get happier because we never appear to be satisfied with the way things oh, are. Oh, okay, interesting. I see the connection now. So instead of me being like, oh, well, I don't know, I do a pretty good job of exercising. I mean, I, I could be 500 pounds and eating twice as much cake as I eat on a weekly basis. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. So Absolutely. I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah. So in my opinion, our predisposition for continuous improvement offers insight into human progress which is simply a different take on a sentence the researchers repeated throughout the study, which is when people imagine how things could be different, they imagine how things could be better. Now, you might be wondering what this has to do with investing. And I'd venture to say that it has everything to do with investing because investing is nothing more than the financial participation in the material output of human progress. And human progress is nothing more than the relentless pursuit of better. Oh, man. I like this. This is, uh, this is getting deep on us, Scott. All right. And so our natural predisposition toward and pursuit of improvement is literally built into our DNA. Yeah. It matters not our nationality, race, gender, or anything else. It is innate. 
And they say to err as human, but apparently to improve as human also. Hmm. But here's the thing. Growth and improvement are often messy and sometimes things break. Yeah. It's why markets and economic cycles exist along a rising trend line of human progress. This has always been the case, and I'd argue it will always will be. And if you think about where we are today, uh, you would think that we're in some of the most tumultuous times ever, and there's people are way worse off today than ever before. And from a statistical standpoint, from a data standpoint, that's just not accurate but i do believe what is magnified out there uh, continually shows we're learning about bad things that happen all over the world today and if you go back it doesn't have to be that far uh, long ago uh, your news was more regional and it like in my hometown the paper came out once a week yeah now sometimes you get the big city paper the Topeka Capital Journal, <laughs> very, 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 very big time. The TCJ. Uh, and then you watch, yeah. And then you watch the national news and the national news was, you know, 30 minutes and just going over a few things. But today, you know, we're, we're bombarded uh, with information and things that are going on around the world. But it, again, it's, we're always striving to be better. Uh, an example, there are fewer people in the poverty level across the world in any other time in history. And so that just shows you that there's this innate desire to continue to improve, to pull ourselves out of certain situations. And you know, the fact that most of us are continuously searching for a better solution to what we have right now is what should encourage hope and optimism about the future. And I always talk about the people that seem to be the happiest, the most satisfied are the people that have a future that's bigger than their past. And it's people that are embracing today, embracing the now, because that's what we have. That's what we're guaranteed is the now. The past has happened. We cannot change that. Yes, is it fun to sometimes reminisce and dwell on those things? But I can tell you the people that live in the now and look towards the future as opportunity and a time for improvement and for things to be better, uh, those people are happier across the board. And I think that's where we are driven to be better. And, you know, it, I talked about optimism. I'm, I'm often asked about, you know, the idea that when the market will stop going up, that's a big one. It, is this it? Is this the is this the end? And obviously nothing is guaranteed, but I typically respond with a simple phrase, when people stop wanting more for themselves, that's when the market's going to cease. Wow, that is really interesting to look at all those uh all those different movement moving parts, but you're right, you know, the one thing that stands out to me is with all of this improvement and if our trajectory of human progress is truly, you know, just continuing up up and up, and but yet we have to go through like the no pain no gain kind of mentality like that mm -hmm. applies to so many different things from markets to human progress to the economy to social issues all sorts of stuff like we're going to have those ebbs and flows so we can be in this like really good period of human progress while also having all sorts of problems along the way is because those problems are creating the conflict points that will eventually lead to growth absolutely and, and it's 
it's never going to be, we're never going to have a lack of problems and issues and obstacles. <laughs> right. That's not very realistic, right? No, but we do want better problems and obstacles to overcome to lead to a better outcome. Hmm. And I think that's what I try, what I focus on. I try to, and it's not, it's not easy to, cause you want to be positive, optimistic, but you can't be Pollyannic. You can't, you know, just be la da da, you know, all things are great because they're not always great. Um, but it's in this idea of, you know, the markets and the economies, you know, that when people stop wanting more for themselves, it's a simple yet powerful idea that aligns well with the results of this study. And I think this idea serves as the foundation for all growth, be it personal, economic, or growth in the markets. And obviously the future is uncertain, but it's sure to be defined by what binds us all together, which is our collective pursuit of better. And that's unquestionably a good thing. Okay, very good. So if I'm, uh, what's my big takeaway? If I'm an investor, saver, planning for retirement today, just don't uh, don't freak out and overreact to uh, to bad news out there in, in the market, but also still kind of keep your eye out there to, for, for adjustments and changes. Just balance kind of seems to be the big takeaway today. It is, and just knowing that everything, there are market cycles, economic cycles, and there's human progress. So it's the ebb and flow of life. And just as there are seasons, we have a general idea of what to expect in your geographic location, whether it's spring, summer, fall, or winter. We have a range of outcomes that we're fairly confident about. And so when we have seasons or cycles, the market cycles, like economic cycles, they have seasons as well. And that's that ebb and flow that has to happen to continually have progress. It's, you know, step forward, step back. Right now, we are working through a, an economic and market cycle that was a shutdown of the economy, a giant inflation of the currency, flood of money into the markets, into the economies. They got super hot, overinflated. The Federal Reserve came in a little too late to the party. They started raising interest rates, trying to cool things off. And we had, that was one of the, the factors of 2022 being so volatile was that putting on the brakes. And they're trying to put on the brakes and not so much the car spins out of control and crashes. We don't want the the overall economy to crash, but we do need, we've do need it to slow down, to readjust and become more, quote, normal. And that can be a painful situation. Uh, but one of the outcomes of that, if you think about the, the equity markets versus the fixed income markets, we had decades of very, very low interest rates, artificially low interest rates. In the last year, obviously, those have come back where the 400-year average of interest rates is around 5%. Well, can you get 5% today? The answer is yes, you can, you know, on a, on a consistent, predictable basis uh, in certain instruments. And so this is more normal. Uh, is it painful that mortgage rates are around that 6% rate? Yeah. But in context, we had 
artificially low rates for a long time. And we're not nearly out of the norm of what rates could and should be. Uh, they're definitely not the stagflation, you know, 17, 18% like they've been in the past, uh, but they are more normalized. But again, we've got to step out, look at in context what's his, history told us. And if the idea that the markets are about 70%, 80% consumer spending, people buying stuff to improve their lives, well, not all of it improve their lives, but buying stuff, as long as there's the march towards that, then there's going to be innovation. Companies are going to make stuff that people buy to potentially improve or enhance their lives or make them easier. And as long as there's that desire, again, to be better, not just different, uh, things will continue to work out. It's just not always going to be a fun ride. Sometimes it's going to be bumpy. All right. Very good. Thank you for that breakdown, Scott. Intriguing episode today. By the way, here's what we'll do. We'll uh, There's a graphic that goes uh, kind of along with this conversation uh, where we talk a little bit about uh, or where you can kind of see visually that human progress and the different cycles that we've sort of been describing verbally on the show today. So you can see that. And uh, also in the show notes of today's episode, we'll link to this study uh, that Scott was talking about, the 90% of people um, you know, who would kind of probably thought just like you did and, and picked things that improved. Uh, those different situations and questions that we asked earlier today if you want to read up a little bit more on that. Uh, there's also contact information there if you want to get in touch with Scott to talk a little bit more about your own personal finances and how to improve uh, your retirement future, your financial situation moving ahead as well. Uh, the contact uh, best ways to get in touch with Scott are 913 393 4724 913-393-4724 or online we're at listen to scott.com good information for you there on the site including past episodes and ways to get in touch as well scott good episode today thanks for the insight and uh, we'll talk again soon looking forward to it all right have a good rest of your week that's scott dugan i'm walter sterholt we'll see you next time right back here on your retirement elevated Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.